The opinions and views of the Beatty Bits podcast does not reflect the views of Blacken Studios or its sponsors. Thank you for listening. Nathan out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all shapes, sizes, and colors, welcome to episode one of the Beatty Bits podcast. This is your host, Nathaniel Beatty. Obviously, it's called Beatty Bits, so I have to be a Beatty. So this is my new show, and it's your new favorite show, and it's on politics, religion, and history. I am a conservative and a Republican as a disclaimer, but please, if you're liberal or Democrat, do not tune out because I do not stand on Republican grounds on every single issue, and I don't think that any Republican is better than any Democrat, so I will just give that quick disclaimer real quick. Uh, anyway, so today... We're going to be talking about different things that define Republican and Democrats, and we're going to be going over five different issues, five major issues, but during this intro time, I kind of want to talk about who I am and where I stand um, and what this show is going to be about. So this show, obviously, news and politics, current events, plenty to talk about in 30 minutes. It's a bi-weekly show, and so... We, we exist for your education and inspiration, people, and hopefully, no matter where you stand in political arena, you can get something out of this and not accuse me of being a bigot. So <laughs> that's that's the goal of the show, is in, to inform you on issues and to inform you on what's going on in the world and why we should think a certain way. If you don't agree with me, that's just fine. I wish you would, but that's fine. You have your own experiences, observations, and life circumstances that guide you in a particular path, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I am a Christian. I'm an Air Force veteran. I am pretty young, but all of that is beside the point. I am not running for Senate. I am not a state legislator. I do not have the political experience that most people who do this kind of stuff do, like Ben Shapiro and you know all the Stephen Crowder and people who've been doing this for years. I don't. I haven't been doing this for years. This is just my own show with my own perspective, and I want to say that loud and clear to everybody. So now that we got that out of the way, I want to quickly talk about why you have to choose a side, because a lot of people want to talk about remaining neutral to the issue, and they want to say, I'm, I hate politics. I don't like talking about politics or religion. Well, you kind of have to care. And the reason you have to care is because if you care about working and getting a good income for your family, that's politics. When you're talking about driving down the road and you get mad at another driver who's breaking the speed limit, that's politics. Because all these are set in place by legislators, and legislators are politicians. Politics, loosely defined, is how power is delegated in any given society. And here in America, we live in a democratic republic or a republic democracy, whichever you want to use, which basically means the power rests in the hands of the people in order to elect state legislators that are supposed to represent the views of the people. A lot of times that doesn't happen because people don't vote because, like me in the past, I have said I'm not going to vote because I don't trust politicians and I mean, it's just kind of an infinite circle. You don't put, you don't trust politicians, so you don't vote for them, and then you get a politician you don't trust. And so I do want to emphasize the importance of voting. You have to vote. You have to choose a side. That means educating yourself and being involved in politics. Um, that's just the way it is. If you watch the news, that's politics. If you care about what Trump says and does, that's politics. If you want to look at Roy Moore 
and all the allegations he's facing of sexual harassment and say that he should step down. That is also politics. And so all of these things matter, and it does change based on your religion and your personal views and your view of what the Founding Fathers meant historically. And so that's why I say politics, religion, and history. Um, All those three things kind of coincide with one another. Anyway, so have to choose a side, educate yourself. That's what this show is here to do. We're going to go to a quick commercial, and then we're going to come back and talk about the five things that define Republicans and Democrats. Thank you for downloading this episode. If you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play Music, or whatever podcasting library you're listening to this show on, please rate and review. Those reviews and ratings help us tremendously. We thank you. Welcome back to Beatty Bits. So now that we have an intro and quick formalities out of the way, I want to kind of get to the issues. And there's plenty of issues I could have talked about, but I want to get to the five major ones. Um, One that I did not include in here, in case you want to hear it, I will be going over next episode and that's free speech versus hate speech how far can we go with free speech before it turns into discrimination that's going to be next episode i did not include that in these it is still a pretty big one and there's a lot of arguments about it so in case you're expecting that just wait till next episode that'll be in two weeks from the time you hear this episode so that other way first five so the first one that I included was free market capitalism versus socialism. That's probably the biggest issues because that's about how money is distributed in America. Uh, All the free market is, is that private companies control their own income and their own products and their own employees. And they set forth different policies towards its consumers, employees and business practices. And so that allows for the company to be able to compete with different companies with similar prices and it allows for a company to say, hey, we're advertising um, this price for this particular quality. And it says, come work for us. We pay $15 and Walmart only pays, you know, $10. I'm not saying that's what they actually pay, but that's the difference is they can control their own prices versus what other companies say. So one of the big one of the big things was a few years ago, Hobby Lobby came under fire because they wouldn't sell a certain kind of birth control to its employees through their insurance. And Hobby Lobby defended itself by saying, hey, we're a private company. We control our own stuff. That's basically free market capitalism, where on the other hand, you have socialism. And socialism says that the community has the right to distribute their own products, prices, and goods because it prevents discrimination towards any minority or race and that means that a female can't walk into a gun shop and the gun owner discriminate against her because she's a woman and doesn't know how to use a gun because on average in my observation not saying this is true but in my observation men care more about guns than women and therefore it would make sense that men know more about guns than women and so it prevents the gun owner from saying hey i'm not going to sell a gun to you because you don't know how to use it because you're a woman So that's the discrimination that socialism could potentially prevent. The problem with socialism is that it takes what I make on my own and it sells it to somebody else for a price I did not agree to. And so neither one of these are very good systems, but they're the best we got, people. You got to pick one or the other. Um, 
I'm not saying that these systems are going to, you know, prevent all problems and that they're going to um, neither one discriminates against people or anything like that. There is discrimination that happens. It's either in your money and your product or it's in the people. And so free market capitalism allows for more discrimination, though I will say in the free market, you get the choice as a consumer to boycott a company making all their prices go down and now the company no longer exists, whereas in a socialist community you can't exactly do that because that place only exists for the state. But the state can say you're doing unethical practices towards your people, so we're going to shut you down um, in a socialist economy. But the problem with that is why does the state get to judge what's an ethical and unethical practice? Well, if we elect our officials rightly, you know, now we have elected officials that represent us who will um, only do what we feel is right to do. The problem with that is that doesn't always happen. Even if you elect somebody on good terms, sometimes, like Senator Al Franken, I believe today, actually just stepped down on sexual harassment allegations. He was voted by the people. The people trusted him. He was a Democrat. I'm not I'm not saying it's the Democratic Party's fault. But he was an elected official. Now he's accused of sexual harassment. The people trusted him, and he committed an act that wasn't good in all fairness to him though he did deny it i'm not saying that it's true or false because i don't have the evidence but i'm just saying if you elect somebody to state and now all of a sudden they have unethical practices coming into the state senate is pretty close to eternal once they have policies in place because it is hard to vote down some of these policies that they put into place especially when they're 500 pages long and the senate can't read every single page before it votes on it which has happened multiple times. And when the people don't educate themselves on the issue to say, hey, you have to vote this way or we're going to downvote you, now we have no control because we live in a socialist economy. The free market prevents that from happening because private businesses control their own practices. Anyway, that's a lot of information. We're going to move on to the next one, which is my favorite one out of all of them, Second Amendment versus gun control. Second Amendment speaks loud and clear. Now, it has been interpreted different ways, but it says that your right, the state's right to an armed militia and the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, what infringement is may or may not be interpreted differently from different people. Uh, For instance, some people think infringement means background checks. Background checks are an infringement upon my Second Amendment right to own any gun I want. Um However, that's not necessarily true because an infringement just means that you can own guns without the state saying you can't. That's a different way to interpret it. But the argument is over whether I should be able to defend myself in my own home and be able to carry my concealed firearm wherever I want versus the state telling me you can only carry here, but you can't carry here. Um, That's the big argument. But I would like to add the Founding Fathers' argument to the mix. Why did they set that in place? The Founding Fathers put the Second Amendment there because they rebelled against a tyrannical government that said they couldn't have weapons and they couldn't resist any of the rule of the monarchy. We don't live in a monarchy, so it's not exactly the same. But the point in which they put those rules and regulations there to allow the state, to allow people 
to own their own firearms for the defense of their home was to protect them against a potentially uh, tyrannical government, a government that will come into your homes and say, you have to submit to me. You can't resist me. They can shoot them. That's the reason that you were allowed to have firearms back then. And yes, they were military grade back then. A musket was a military grade firearm and the people were allowed to have it. That's why they were called a militia, a well-regulated militia. Militia means military. Um, now, whether or not that means that the military gets to pick and choose who can have a gun and who doesn't is also a debate, a much smaller debate, but it has happened. Um, so anyway, the whole point of the Second Amendment was just to ensure that you have the right to keep and bear arms in case, you know, the bad people in the government want to take you your rights away. You get to shoot them and kill them for invading your home and committing acts of tyranny and treason. So it's just to defend yourself against the government, not necessarily against a burglar, but guns do stop that too. And it's been proven in statistics. We have less homicides than we have um, guns stopping crimes from happening, if that makes any sense. So that's Second Amendment versus gun control. The third issue is national security versus humanitarian equal rights. So this one is more of where I don't necessarily stand with Republicans because I believe Republicans have a illusion of security. That's what they support. And I believe that Democrats support no security. And so I'm more of a centrist on this issue. Not necessarily where I'm in the middle, but I believe in tough national security, specifically at the border. Um, but the problem is we don't distrib distribute our security equally. And so we have really tough passport control. I don't know how many times I've applied for a passport and been denied because I've been adopted. That shouldn't happen. And I have different haircuts and different pictures. And I have a little bit of a different look from a picture I had five years ago than the picture I have now because I got fatter. And they ask you all these questions like, why did you change? And... I mean, I'm the same person. Just look at the IDs. It'll tell you my social stays the same. My pictures are relatively the same. And you're asking me why I cut my hair and why I got fat? I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. And meanwhile, on the border, we have people who are coming across the Rio Grande with their entire families. And we have people who are driving vans across the border selling drugs to Americans, getting a lot of money, and they go back and forth all the time. And I believe we need less security at the passport places and more security, you know, at the border. I believe it should be distributed and relatively the same across the board. I believe all, treat, all people should be treated equally by the cops. Are they? Not necessarily. And the reason they're not is because 13% of the population, the black African-American population, is responsible for 50% of the crime. And so cops patrol black areas more than white areas. Is that right? No. Because everybody has the same potential to commit crimes, whether you're black or white. Because white people commit crimes, too. We are all depraved individuals and while we may seek to be righteous, we still have a tendency to take whatever we want because there's one lesson that humans have learned throughout the dawn of time that men given a little bit of power will always search for more. And that means taking it from other people if we have to. 
And so just because you're black doesn't mean you're prone to committing crime more than white people. That would be racist of me to say. All people are the same and have the same potential to commit crimes. And therefore, I believe that cops, in a sense, should patrol everybody's neighborhood the same. If that means hire more officers, then hire more officers. You just created jobs just by believing in a different principle. Anyway, so that that's kind of where I stand on those issues. Now, is it a perfect system? No. Again, I will constantly say that throughout the course of these episodes. Number four, same equality policy for everybody versus different equality policy for different minorities. That would be affirmative action versus no affirmative action, in case you were wondering. Affirmative action exists to prevent discrimination. Most of the most of the liberal and democratic policies are there to prevent different groups from discrimination, which is okay. It's a noble thing, but I just don't think that it's right most of the time. Uh, affirmative action exists in order to say that you're a minority. You know, white people make more than black people, and I will use these two groups because these are the two major groups. There are other minorities in the country, like females. There's other minorities in the country like Asians and Indians and those people who are also subject to a certain portion of affirmative action. But one proposed affirmative action legislation says that white people should be taxed more and that money should go towards welfare programs to help black people in need because black people on average make less than white people. But just like my police officer example, where you shouldn't patrol different neighborhoods differently because we all have the same potential to commit crimes, I don't think we should uh, pay people differently because we all have the same potential to be successful. And if you're going to say, well, you know, black kids don't have the same education as white kids and they don't have the same schooling as white kids, therefore they're susceptible to being uneducated and uneducated means, you know, more crime and less money. I don't necessarily believe that because there's been homeless people. There's been black people who came out of nothing and they've worked their way to the top. And I'm not saying that that means that they don't have to work harder. Everybody should work as hard as they can. In words of Eric Thomas, you know, when until until you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, you'll never be successful. Um, that's a paraphrase of how he said it. He's much better. Look him up. Um, he's also African-American and came from nothing. So that's the example I'm going to go with. Uh, so anyway, like I'm trying to say, it's a little... It's imperfect. Neither way that we go is going to be completely perfect. So I, I want to make that very clear. Um, but you have to support a side. You have to lean more towards one than the other. I'm not completely Republican. I'm not far right in saying that Republican examples are the best examples that we have because they're perfect. I'm saying they're the best examples that we have because they work. We cannot continue as a nation to have a capitalist uh, capitalist policies with economic policies that are socialist. That doesn't even make sense to me. I barely have the words to explain how that's working. Um, because if you have a, a free market world with welfare, that doesn't work together. Not very well, anyway. Um, but anyway, moving on to a different subject. This is going to be the most controversial of all the subjects because it hits on religious grounds. And the religious grounds is whether you're uh, Christian or you believe in more about what science has to say or what, you know, atheism believes, you know, uh, and this is pro-life versus pro-choice. If there's any issue 
that Christians like to make a single issue for voting. You know, you could believe in anything, but if you're not pro-life, Christians can't vote for you because we believe that the right to life is the very first right. Therefore, if you're not pro-life, we can't vote for you. That's the way that most Christians think. And so usually we align ourselves with the Republican ideology based on this one issue. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. All I'm saying is the right to life is the first right that anybody gets. And if what is in the woman's womb is a life from conception, you cannot kill it because that would be defined as murder. And I believe that is a life. Pro-choice means that you believe that's not a life until it comes out of the womb. And I think that that's kind of weird because, first off, science has been honest and said, we don't know when human life begins. Well, if we don't know until it's proven that that's not a human life, we need to support pro-life ideology. However, for those who are pro-choice and listening to the show, um, people use the economic argument that the woman can't afford it. And that, you know, not all protection works and they want to use rape and incest and all these other different arguments. But the arguments that are being used are usually minority arguments. You know, if I mean, not not to be too explicit or graphic, but if you spread your legs, you better protect yourself. You have to. If you get pregnant, most of the time it's your fault. If you want to think more about the pleasure first and the consequences later, that is your fault and you should pay for that. However, I mean, I've known many people getting to uh, not expect pregnancy and not expect how much parenthood actually costs. There are resources out there for you and hopefully we will be doing interviews with people who can lead you to these resources that can help you. There's adoption, and if you don't want to adopt your kids, there are ministries that I know of that will help support you and your kid. So don't just think of abortion first. And as far as the minority case goes, you cannot take a minority case and apply it to the majority and say that it's moral because of the minority case. If we can agree that abortion, for your convenience, is wrong— then we can deal with those other minority cases later and say whether or not those are wrong or right. In my opinion, in words of Ben Shapiro, you know, rapists should be castrated or killed. You shouldn't kill babies. That's that's just the way it is. Because there, if there is nothing different between a child in the womb and a child outside of the womb other than their location, then it's absurd to think I could do whatever I want with it while it's in my womb. I don't have a womb, by the way, just, you know, a disclaimer. I'm not a woman. Um, anyway, th- those are the several issues that I think define um, conservative versus liberal or Republican versus Democrat. Uh, to give a quick summary, you know, we had free market capitalism versus socialism, free market capitalism being the Republican example and socialism being the Democrat example. Uh 
all of these would be Republican name first and then Democrat name second. So the second one would be Second Amendment versus gun control. Republicans believe in the Second Amendment. Democrats believe in gun control um, because if I'm entering a base, I shouldn't have a gun on me, you know, because that means that I could be coming there to kill some of our troops. And that's just wrong. Killing people is wrong. Everybody agrees on that. Uh, three would be national security versus humanitarian equal rights. Not to say that Democrats don't believe in national security, but that their national security isn't exactly security in a Republican's mind. So national security versus humanitarian equal rights. Humanitarian equal rights would be letting people into the country without any repercussions for coming in illegally. Uh, you have sanctuary cities and stuff like that that say if you're an illegal immigrant, we're going to treat you like a human being. That's what I mean by humanitarian. Um, you're, jo you're not just a number. You're not an economic policy. You're a real human being. And in some cases, Republicans don't treat illegal immigrants like they're actually human beings with lives. We treat them as cattle a lot of the time. Um, and if you're a cattle and you cross the fence into your neighbor's yard, you better go back or I'm going to shoot you. That's the way the Republicans think a lot of times. And I do think that that's wrong. Um, anyway, the next issue was same equality policy for everybody versus different equality policy for different minorities. That's affirmative action versus no affirmative action. Affirmative action being a Democratic example, no affirmative action for Republicans. Uh, five is pro-life versus pro-choice. Normally, Republicans believe in pro-life, and normally Democrats believe in pro-choice. Now, you can cross lines and be a Democrat who believes in pro-life. You can cross lines and say, I'm a Democrat. I don't believe in um, illegal immigration or anything like that. But for the most part, these are where the parties stand. However, I do... I do want to say one thing about Republicans um, to close uh, before we go to our next commercial and then a conclusion. I do want to say this. I said at the beginning of the show that not all Republicans are better than all Democrats. And I want to say this because of what's going on in the nation right now um, with Donald Trump and the things that he has said about women. Those are disgusting. And I don't think it was right. Um we didn't have a good choice then because it was Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton is also a disgusting person with what she did towards Benghazi. I will say that. Um, I'm also going to say that Roy Moore should step down. Al Franken did step down. But Al Franken did it for a political reason, saying Democrats are better than Republicans because I was accused. These allegations are false and I still stepped down. Um, but Roy Moore has the full backing of the Republican Party. And that disturbs me. When we as Republicans are going to sacrifice character for policy, we are a part of the problem and we shouldn't even be recognized because that's just nasty. To say that somebody who possibly had sex with 14 to 18 year olds while they were underage, even if it was 30 years ago, with eight different girls and they were credible allegations. They're not just allegations. They are credible which means there is some evidence that what he may have done was true. When they're credible allegations, you should step down. You should probably be going to court and be going to trial and not be qualifying for state Senate. I understand that Republicans are saying, oh, we need him for the majority vote in the nation in order to pass these tax cuts and this policy over that policy. But like I just said, character for policy is not a good substitute. 
do not sacrifice character for policy because it is your character that needs to back the policies you're representing. You're, represent, you're a representative of the American people, and if the American people are going to say that you're the ideal, I don't want to be an American because I'm not going to let my child grow up in a nation that supports child gropers for Senate. That's just disgusting, and it's disturbing. I'm not saying that the accusations against Roy Moore are automatically true, but the defense of him, that's what is disturbing to me. Because when Steve Bannon gets up and rips, he rips on Mitt Romney for saying that Roy Moore should step down until these things are solved. That's disturbing. You're not even talking about Roy Moore's policies, what he supports. You're saying that any Republican who does not support him is a disgusting human being. Well, I think that is wrong. So anyway, not all Republicans are better than all Democrats. I would support any Democrat over Roy Moore right now. Well, not any Democrat, but Democrats in Alabama over Roy Moore based on character alone, not policy, because we can write letters to a Democrat to influence their policies that they want to put into place. That's just, I mean, that's common sense. We're a republic democracy. We can influence our representatives. I don't want to have anything to do with somebody who's accused of child groping until they resolve that issue. I'm not going to write a letter to them because it'll just make me angry. Anyway, we're going to go to our break, and then we're going to come back with a conclusion. Thank you for downloading this episode. Here on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play Music, or whatever podcasting library you're listening to this show on, please rate and review. Those reviews and ratings help us tremendously. We thank you. Welcome back to Beatty Bits. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, I did talk fast. There was a lot of information. This is my very first solo show. And so um, I'm a little nervous. Got a little bit jumbled up, but we will fix that over the course of time. Just bear with me. And uh, I hope you guys had fun listening. As a quick disclaimer, I must tell you that though this show is put out by Blackened Studio... Not everything I do or say is endorsed, supported, believed, or agreed upon by any Blackened Studios producers, podcasters, editors, guests, CEOs, creators, anybody that you hear on this show or other shows that are put out by Blackened Studios does not necessarily support or agree with everything I say, and sometimes we are in opposites. Um, also, the music that you hear at the beginning and end of this show, the composer's and producers of those music do not support everything that I say or do as well. Um, I want to give a shout out to the guy who wrote the music. His name is Seth Wright. You can find him on SoundCloud. You can find him on Seth Wright Music at Wix or something like that. I will put the link in the description. He's a great guy, great composer, and I hope you enjoyed the show. I will talk to you next time. Nathan out.